Hello, my name is Will and you're listening to Exploding Helicopter, the only podcast in the world dedicated to celebrating helicopter explosions in film. Our ongoing mission to eulogise inventive, innovative and ingenious chopper fireballs. Now, as a genre, the movie spoof has a proud and honourable history. Films like Airplane, Dead Men Don't Wear Played and The Naked Gun are rightly hailed as comedy classics. But in recent years, a torrent of feeble efforts, usually featuring one or more of the extended Wayans family, has thrown this comedy niche into disrepute. So, is the subject of this show, Black Exploitation Send Up Black Dynamite, going to be another grim, gag-free misfire, or a rib-tickling return to form? To help me find out, and to discuss the exploding helicopter action, I'm joined by a mean mother who's super bad. Flames ignite when he's in sight, because he's dynamite, dynamite. It's DJ Valentine from Simplista Reviews. Chocolate giddy up. What's going on, Will? Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me to uh, discuss this film, DJ. No problem, man. Do you want to take a moment to tell people about your uh, podcasting activities? Oh, our podcasting activities. Hmm. Uh, there are a lot of really great, smart, sensible podcasts out there. This being one of them, my friend. So sensible that uh, Matthew Stewart, Justin Polizzi, and I thought we'd balance out the sense with a little nonsense. And thus, The Simplistic Reviews was born. We uh, we know movies, but we kind of build, use that as a base to build upon kind of like a variety show where we talk movies, com- we do commentaries, we play games, we do skits. We just kind of have fun and make uh a little bit lighter of the situation. Uh, yeah, I think variety show is a good description. Yeah, variety. Variety is a nice way to say a cluster bleep. <laughs> it's a shame. I'm sure you'd probably throw in some tap dancing if you kind of like if it was a if it was a video blog. I'm sure there'd be some like tap dancing, bit of uh, bit of song and dance number. I can do a little soft shoe. I can do a little t- I can do a little tap. That's a good idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. Tap tap dance next intro. <laughs> So when I have a guest on, I always like to uh, get the conversational juices going by asking them if they've seen anything interesting lately. So I'm hoping you have. Well, I finally bit the bullet and watched, I don't believe I'm saying this, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, (laughs) And it was as good as a movie based on a book written by a hack who was making Twilight fan fiction. Could be. I read somewhere that a Q&A with the uh, E.L. James, a.k.a. Erica Mitchell, a.k.a whatever the heck her name is, somebody asked her, uh, what do you hate more, women or the English language? That question <laughs> encompasses my experience watching Fifty Shades of Grey, the worst depiction of women since Bugs Bunny dressed up fool Elmerfoot. I have That movie is god-awful. And if you're going in there, if you're, you know, you know, you're a little kinky, and you're going in there for kink, it ain't even in it. So <laughs> there's nothing for anyone. There's nothing for, <laughs> there's nothing for anyone. <laughs> well, there must have been something for somebody because it seemed to make an absolute ton of money. Oh, man. I guess the Beyonce soundtrack. Is it Beyonce that got onto the theater? Because I just saw it now. I don't know how, I, I don't know if I'm a, if I'm a woman, I'm offended. If I'm a man, I'm offended. If I'm a filmmaker, I'm offended. If I'm Twilight, I'm offended. And if I'm defending Twilight, you know your movie's got a problem. (laughs) Nothing happens. It ends abruptly. And the female character's a waif throughout the film. So I don't know if it was... It was was like anti-DJ movie. I don't understand that. I didn't understand what was happening. Okay, I think it's time to uh, stick it to the man and get stuck into Black Dynamite. Dynamite! Dynamite! 
you suckers gather round. There's a brand new movie coming to town. So get on up and check the scene of the smoothest, baddest mother to ever hit the big screen. Main man, Black Dynamite. He's super cool and he no kung fu. Drives a $5,000 car and wears a $100 suit. You're so righteous. This is also true. And when it comes to the ladies, he's out of sight. Uh, let me guess. You one of these brothers think you can get by on a wink and a smile, huh? What about the smile? I am smiling. Black Dynamite. Never in the history of the game has there been such devastation. The CIA needs Black Dynamite now more than ever. We need you, Black Dynamite, now more than ever. I thought I told you, hunkies from the CIA, that Black Dynamite was out of the game. And he's better than Shaft, Superfly, and the Mac put together. But when the mob kills his brother, your death will not go on a bend. And put the dope on the street. It's my nephew Bucky. He OD. He's back in the game and he's playing for keeps. So Black Dynamite came out in 2009. It stars martial artist Michael J. White, who also helped write the script. He plays the film's eponymous hero, an ex-CI agent turned ghetto Good Samaritan. Everything is good in the hood until his brother is murdered in mysterious circumstances. Vowing revenge, White begins an investigation to unmask the killer, only to discover an outrageous conspiracy aimed at keeping the black man down. As we've already mentioned, this is a genre spoof, so the film aims to have uh, some fun at the expense of those two popular 70s genre staples, the sort of exploitation crime film and the kung fu genre. DJ, this was your choice to review. Do you want to say a little bit about why you chose this for us to have a look at? Well, the first reason is I'm black. The second reason is I seem to always be carrying dynamite, so uh, <laughs> really bad for the ATF always falling. No, no, no. To me, black dynamite is the, the last great and truly funny spoof movie that i can remember the world we live in now is kind of this bad spoof comedy after bad spoof comedy it just hits you with pop references they're not really funny moments they're just ah i see what you're doing there you're doing the iron man joke thing okay or ah, I, I, I it's all i understood this reference the uh, spoof movies now uh super fast meet the spartans black dynamite takes the genre not a film or not a bunch of films and it takes a genre like black exploitation, much like Austin Powers did The Gentleman Spy, and lampoons it while creating a story around it. You know, an utterly ridiculous story, but a funny and entertaining story. So that's kind of why I picked it. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of agree with you that this was, I, I was pretty sort of nervous uh, ahead of watching this, the kind of certainly the first time anyway. A friend of mine lent it to me, kind of said it was a great movie, said it had an exploding helicopter in. So, you know, I uh, I felt sort of duty bound to review it. And some of those movies, as you said, have absolutely sort of, you know, trashed the reputation of these kind of genre spoof movies. And I think for exactly the reason that you say that they're, they're not really actually interested in the genres they're parodying. They're just essentially essentially sort of vehicles to just cram in pop culture kind of references of of sort of hey do you remember this bit in another <laughs> film and it's not remember even when iron man did something in that yeah. other movie and remember the 300 guys xerxes look like a woman we're just gonna do that 15 million times and the filmmakers are not actually it's, i don't you know they don't really care or they're not really interested in the in the sort of genres they're parodying whereas i think with black dynamite like you can feel that the people making this film are actually passionate and actually love the films that sure they're, they're poking a bit of fun at them but you can tell that they they really love the movies that they are sort of referencing 
Yeah, and, and you can tell uh, they know. You're saying they know everything. I mean, Courtney's uh, Black Dynamite. Jai, uh, I almost said Jai Courtney. Michael Jai White. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I blasphemed. Michael Jai White kind of makes Black Dynamite out of Shaft, Dolomite, and Superfly at the same time. So, like for every moment you think he's Shaft, he's Dolomite because he's doing karate, or then he's Superfly because apparently he's kind of like the nice pimp. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And on top of that, he's kind of playing four different characters because he's actually playing a football player who's playing this black exploitation god. If you ever watched the trailer for the movie, it always says uh, Black Dynamite played by Ferenti Jones, a Baltimore Colts running back, Ferenti Jones, who like left football because of a neck injury. So every time Black Dynamite breaks the fourth wall, he's not Black Dynamite anymore. He's Ferenti Jones or whatever the heck they pronounce his first name. So. You can tell these guys knew what they, they it, it wasn't like, okay, let's just take a bunch of black exploitation movies and mix them together. They knew these movies inside and out. And they knew the little things that make them great and horrible and horribly great at the same time. Yeah, I think the film also sort of does a few, has a few extra sort of tricks to sort of help sort of invoke the kind of like the spirit of those um, sort of 70s films in in that it actually seems to incorporate some sort of footage from those old movies uh, (laughs) into into Black Dynamite. I didn't recognize the clips, but uh, I don't know if you knew which films they were sort of borrowed from. When we get to the exploding helicopter, there's one I'm laughing at, but there, there's a, that's what makes the, that 70s feel of the, 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 the movie, other than like the visible boom mics and the, the awkward sex scenes, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the bad dubbing or the, uh, uh, the sort of jump the, cuts and the, sort of the jump cut, the duplicated shots. And there's a, there's a duplicated shot of a car falling off a cliff and it happens like four times. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what the hell movie is from. <laughs> So yeah, the, the stock footage of certain certain scenes are great, and because they are aware, look, movies did this. They would use stock footage, and they would duplicate shots, and they would have visible boom mics because of the projection is effed up, or the cinematographer wasn't paying attention. Because the people who made these movies weren't really qualified to make these movies. <laughs> they were just setting the camera down and having some uh, guy they know who's really cool be the star who had no acting experience whatsoever. So yeah, that stuff re- was really it. Really kind of like. Because I, I remember watching Shaft and uh, Human Tornado and stuff like that, and I, I just remember like this is awful, but it, it, I can't look away. It's it's so it's so great. It's just a style to it, and they nail this style. And they also um, really nail the acting style that you get in a lot of these movies, which perhaps something that's easy to ignore, and they actually sort of deserve a lot of credit for it. Because I actually think it's quite hard to do bad acting really well. Yeah. And like Michael J. White absolutely like it's a fantastic, I think, comedy performance from him because he's he's sort of acting but having to do bad acting. And I just don't think that's an easy thing to do. And he absolutely you know, he sort of he's got really excellent sort of comic timing in this film. His comic timing's on I mean, the first time I saw this, it was on the act I didn't hear anything really no, I did see one trailer and the trailer kinda got me interested in it. And I saw, I, I still didn't know what I was going to expect. I thought, you know, it was going to be, you know, bad. And I'm, the scene with the boom mic and the way he <laughs> plays it, it's so, like, uh, that's professional comedian play off of it. That was very well done for a guy, I mean, a guy who, I don't think Michael J. White does comedies. <laughs> so for him to just nail that moment, it was, it's like, okay, he knows what he's doing. This, this, this is really, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting ride. And it was every time, Either him or any of his co-stars, who I think are... Uh, you, you watch this movie twice. You watch it once for Black Dynamite, and then you watch it 
a second time for the co-stars who are again bad acting on purpose it is so funny to watch them do do it in the way that the editor just keeps on shots for such a long time where you know (laughs) the actors don't know what to do at that point but they're doing it on purpose it's just so well crafted for a bad movie (laughs) that's purposely bad it's also chock full of like some great one-liners as well in this film as well a lot of them we can't say on the show, but there's many, many one-liners on this in this movie where I'm just like, oh man, I'm I'm writing that down. I'm saying it. I'm saying that in public. Nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about. And it's so well paced as well. Like there is no dead moments in this film at all. Like it is just sort of joke, 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 joke. And I actually sort of watched some of the deleted scenes uh, mm-hmm. from this. I actually think that sort of shows what a great job they did editing because. You know, the temptation must have been to just sort of like, oh, leave leave stuff in, leave a little, leave another joke in. But they were obviously really ruthless and just pruned the film down to this really lean, like, absolute gag machine that they've uh, sort of produced in this. This movie, I watch it usually, like, if I'm coming home, like, late at night and I just want to, like, you know, I'm still amped up. So I just pop pop on Black Dynamite so, so I can laugh because the jokes, there's jokes in there that are jokes and then there's jokes on top of a joke that's really more subtle. I'm trying not to spoil stuff, but there's stuff that's hap- that happens in uh, the relationship he has with the Sally Richardson character that are so subtle. <laughs> where she's not... I think she's in a different movie. <laughs> which, I, which I think she's the only one that's in that different movie because everybody else is kind of playing along with Black Dynamite's mythos. So when, when Black Dynamite says something like the the wink and a a, 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 a wink and a smile, he goes, uh, "Where am I to smile? I am smiling." <laughs> Stuff like that is just so good. <laughs> it makes me laugh every single time. So let's talk about some of our best moments in this film. So that was definitely one of mine. What's uh, what a few of yours? Where do I start? I mean, do I start with the more scary and evil than usual Richard Nixon? Do I start with <laughs> Black Dynamite snapping on a prostitute? Do I start with Black Dynamite's inability to frolic with his girlfriend in the park, which is makes <laughs> he's like he's trying to frolic with him and he can't really move? Some of the best moments of this movie don't even involve Black Dynamite. Bullhorn slaps the man <laughs> who angrily breaks character, then is immediately replaced with a jump cut is is awesome. <laughs> that makes me laugh out loud every time where he, Bullhorn, his trusty sidekick, slaps this guy in the face, and he's like, the, the actor breaks character, and it is replaced him with a different actor <laughs> in one shot. That That's probably one of my favorite moments. And then he finishes that scene with some sort of uh, self-aggrandizing sort of <laughs> yeah, poem about himself. He all, Bullhorn always talks with a poem. His, his inability to with that scene where he can't like finish the rhyme and he's kind of like frustrated, like darn it, <laughs> I can't rhyme with it. <laughs> but uh, my favorite moment of the movie, the scene of the movie, has to be the pimp meeting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the pimp meeting has Arsenio Hall, Cedric Yarborough, Bakeem Woodbine. And Captain Kangaroo, kids. Captain Kangaroo was a kids' television show host, akin to a zanier Mister Rogers, who is in this film as a pimp. <laughs> it's like watching a street fighting movie about underground street fighting, and Big Bird shows up. This is one of the greatest scenes 
ever. It's so awesome. And Black Dynamite's not in it till maybe the very, very end. It just doesn't get better than that. You got Arsenio with the cocaine on his nose. John Sally, basketball player, he's playing a, a, a pimp named Kotex. Arsenio plays Tasty Freeze. Uh, Cedric Yarbrough plays Chocolate Giddy Up, which is the greatest pimp name of all time. <laughs> it's just so awesome. I think one of my favorite scenes, there are, I'm going to sort of mention a couple, and I think it's the scene where they go to the uh, orphanage, and uh, it's such a sort of cliche from those those movies, it's like, oh, not the kids, man, not the kids! Her trying to find a vein for the <laughs> heroin addiction. <laughs> and then one of them's basically sort of saying, oh, trying to get, uh, one of the kids is trying to get Black Dynamite to uh, go into uh, pimping business with him as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that Black Dynamite is trying to really underline the point that they're orphans because they got no parents. It's just like, he's really trying to make sure you understand what that they're orphans. He keeps saying it over and over again. And Sally Richardson, again, who's in another movie, is just kind of looking at him like, yeah, we, we know. We, you don't have to keep telling me. I, 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 I work here. I understand. And I think the other excellent scene is where Black Dynamite and uh, his kind of buddies slowly unpick the conspiracy in oh, a, in a the, uh, the, the Kaiser Soze moment of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think that's a that's a beautiful way of uh, describing it, the Kaiser Soze moment, because it's such a it's such a sort of send up of those sort of inevitable scenes that you get in movies where uh, the various characters or maybe the kind of the hero of the film is, is required to make a series of logic jumps just so that they can get to the last act of the film and this one is an absolute classic of... I, I i can't even reenact any lines of it because it goes on for about three minutes of them talking about everything from greek to roman mythology and snakes and it, it goes all over the place and it's amazing i think the best bit in it is when um black diamond asks oh and in what year did the greeks invent astrology and everyone there choruses 785 BC. Of course. <laughs> of course. I like it when the old lady kind of butts in and black down. is like, yeah, yeah, thank you, old lady. Shut up. <laughs> this old lady is like, of course. This uh, Anaconda. <laughs> so that, that scene's funny, man. And the, the, the fact that they could have played it two different ways, but they play it where everybody, they're, they're breaking down Greek and Roman mythology with a pimp and a bunch of Black Panthers. It's so fun. <laughs> it's amazing. So I think we're going to um, get into sort of plot spoilers a bit here because I just wanted to sort of just sort of break down the the, the plot a little bit more because uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously amazing. obviously in my uh, intro is sort of the the kind of the initial driver of the film is the fact that Black Dynamite's brother is killed and kind of over the course of the film that we we sort of find out that his death's a bit more sort of complicated than it at first seemed because seems that he was working as a sort of uh, undercover agent for the CIA. There's this kind of new drug on the street, another kind of classic sort of black exploitation sort of plot staple. But then we get to the kind of, I think of it as the sort of piece de resistance of the plot of this film, which is the uh, anac anaconda malt liquor. <laughs> it gives you... Which uh, is nicely sort of set up in the film. It kind of opens with this sort of spoof advert, which, you know, you kind of think, oh, maybe it's a bit like um, one of these sort of Quentin Tarantino sort of grindhouse trailers. It yeah. doesn't actually have any kind of importance to the film. But then throughout the movie, the sort of various characters make a, a couple of references to it. And then uh, 
And then we find out that actually this malt whiskey is at the centre of a really dastardly plot. <laughs> DJ, do you want to uh, do you want to explain exactly what that plot is? How can I explain this plot in a PC manner? Okay, um, <laughs> apparently people of the African American persuasion, uh, apparently and apparently it's it's true, uh, <laughs> happen to have large, uh, how do I say this, genitalia that a government perhaps conspiracy is trying to rectify through mid-eastern magic <laughs> by turning everybody who's african-americans genitalia small yes they're making their penis smaller <laughs> that is a lot of flat <laughs> And obviously, you know, this is not just by, this is not just being done by some sort of remote government department. It's. No. This conspiracy goes all to the, the top. way. To the top, yeah. To the top. To the honky house. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Okay, this is a huge spoiler alert here. Huge spoiler alert, alright? If you haven't seen Black Dynamite, you want to be surprised. Even me telling you this doesn't even give it justice, but just spoiler alert. Richard Nixon scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> That is the scariest Richard Nixon, not Anthony Hopkins, not uh, Dom Hedaya, not John Cusack. This is the scariest Nixon I have ever seen, especially because he knows how to wield nunchucks. And <laughs> he gets more hits in on Black Dynamite than any character in the movie, including the fiendish Dr. Wu, who is a karate expert. <laughs> Listen to what I just told you. Richard Nixon fights Black Dynamite in a nunchuck battle to the death. And... <laughs> He has this moment where they're about to fight, and he's just doing this, oh, and it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. And it's actually, on top of all that, it's actually a really good Richard Nixon impression. Oh, yeah! And he doesn't look anything like Nixon, but he looks like Nixon. This is weird. And he sounds like him as well. <laughs> Maybe they dubbed him. Maybe they just found a real Richard Nixon dialogue, and they put it under him. I don't understand. But no, it's it was it's funny. And, um... It is out of place and amazing at the same time. It's so good. And, I mean, it's probably the only natural way the movie could have ended is him taking out the man of the man. It's the President of the United States. Who, again, it's Richard Nixon doing nunchucks. It's amazing. In the Oval Office. In the Oval Office. It just doesn't get any better than that. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to end a film, it's got to be, you know, fighting the President with nunchucks to death. Who office. knows you? Inexplicably. inexplicably. <laughs> Everybody seems to know Black Dynamite. It's not even like, hey, who are you? I'm Black Dynamite. It's more like, hey, hey, Black Dynamite. Everybody knows Black Dynamite. He walks into Richard Nixon's office, and Richard Nixon's like, listen, Black Dynamite, I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> he knows him already. Like, how do you know me, man? <laughs> After this film came out, there was actually sort of like an animated series spin-off. Have you seen that at all? I saw, I, I've only seen the first half of the first episode. I never really got into the cartoon. I did like the concept of, I think in the first episode, Kermit the Frog is a pimp, which I thought was, <laughs> but it kind of, it, it, that was got my, you know, my dander up. Like, maybe I should watch this, but I never got into the cartoon. I, 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 I might try and do it in the future, but I don't know. I just think Black Dynamite might be one of those, one-offs that are one of the greatest one-offs of all time. I don't know what. I I can't get my excitement up as much for the cartoon as the live action. And do you think Michael J. White would be sort of well-advised to sort of leave this alone? Because there has been a bit of talk of uh, whether he might do a sequel or not to this. So 
Well, if you've seen Michael J. White's filmography, I don't think he has the option to say, no, nah, I ain't doing Black Dynamite. I mean, because <laughs> his filmography is not that amazing. <laughs> it's, just, it's essentially this and Spawn and The Dark Knight. And after that, it's a bunch of direct-to-DVD on-demand movies. So if somebody said, hey, we're going to do Black Dynamite, is going to go to theaters? He's definitely going to be in. I guarantee that. Well, it's a bit of a shame, I think, that his kind of career is is like that because um, I haven't seen him in loads of things. But what I have seen him in, he's been sort of generally for sort of very good in. So, like, obviously, I think he's sort of great in Black Dynamite. Kind of proves he can actually, you know, for somebody who's basically sort of come out of sort of like a martial arts route, proves he can sort of do some acting and. Uh, Blood and Bone. I don't know if you've seen that. I have is, seen uh, Blood and Bone. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was. I thought that was really good. I really it has enjoyed a very. That. It's it's kind of like a because it came out the same year as Black Dynamite, and I it's um what would I say? It's kind of like a modern day black exploitation movie if you think about it. <laughs> it has Rufio in it, and the action scenes are really well done by him. It, but you know, it ain't going to a theater. That's a straight DVD. Yeah. You know, HBO at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> movie, so it really reminds me of those sort of eighties movies where there's just some sort of flimsy pretext for somebody to get into like underground street fights. So you know that it's just a kind of uh, essentially a kind of martial arts showcase vehicle. But as you say, the action sequences in those films are really, really well choreographed, and the actual sort of story around it is actually pretty decently done. So you know, I, m- I remember sort of uh, watching that kind of uh, late at night on TV and actually being really, uh, really getting into it and kind of being really sort of surprised by sort of like, actually this is uh, much better than kind of the sort of usual fare that you get when you're kind of dabbling in these sort of uh, DTV movies. He uh he does a move in that movie uh the Blood and Bone where I I, I want I kind of want to watch the making of it to see if he's on wires because I think he does like a triple kick where he like jumps in the air and kicks three dudes before he lands on the ground I'm like he's got to be on wires there's no way he's doing it but, but Michael Jai White is like legitimately a like a badass martial artist he is awesome so I don't know if 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 I, I would be interested to see more of that blood and bone, like behind the scenes stuff, because the way that movie was made was was <laughs> I kind of fl- definitely flew on the radar of a lot of people. Thanks, DJ. We're going to take a short break to hear from another Land Podcasting Network show, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the exploding helicopter action. You are about to witness history in the making. Hi there, this is Todd from Forgotten Films, and if you spend all your time watching new releases, then you need to broaden your movie horizons. And a great way to do that is by joining me for the Forgotten Filmcast. We don't talk about the new releases, we don't even talk about the classics. We talk about the movies that time forgot. On each episode, I'm joined by another film blogger to discuss a film that may or may not be worth rediscovering. So look for the Forgotten Filmcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and wherever you find great podcasts. And we're back, and we're now talking about the exploding helicopter in Black Dynamite. The key scene happens towards the end of the film, where in order to stop the conspiracy, Black Dynamite flies a chopper to the White House for a showdown with the President. As our hero parachutes out of the chopper to gate-crush the honky house, as it's been dubbed, (laughs) guards rush out and fire on the helicopter with a rocket launcher. The missile finds its target, and the whirlybird explodes like a 4th of July firework. DJ, what did you make of the chopper fireball action here? I need your expertise, okay? I've seen this movie a bunch of times. The exploding helicopter in Black Dynamite is, of course, stock footage. But stock footage of what? (laughs) I think it looks exactly like the same shot from True Lies. 
when he blows up the helicopter uh, with the with the terrorists at the end of True Lies. Spoiler alert for True Lies. But there's a helicopter shot where it, it's, the camera is under the helicopter and it falls toward the frame. It looks exactly like the Black Dynamite shot. So I'm like, did they use stock footage from True Lies to, and green screen the blue sky around it? it, it I don't know. You you you're the expert. Ooh, I'd need to go back and check that because I didn't recognize it as from True Lies, but it's a while since I've seen that film. I mean, it, you know, for uh, Exploding Helicopter Geek fans, the helicopter explosion in uh, True Lies has been used in another film. There's a, mm-hmm. a straight-to-DVD uh, action flick called, I think it's called Executive Target with Michael Matheson, and that reuses uh, part oh, of the uh, exploding helicopter from uh, True Lies. But I don't, I, I can obviously remember that sequence, you know, with the Art Malik being stuck on the missile and kind you're of like, fired. yeah, yeah you're fired, great one-liner. Um, but I can't remember, yeah, I'd need to go back and just check that shot if if you see it from underneath. If it's not the same shot, it's very similar. It's like shot the exact same way. I had to, I looked up the last scene just to see it. I couldn't determine it. I had to, you know, I'm I'm not as, you know, smart at exploding helicopters as you are, but you know, it looked very similar. So, well, I think I'm going to be doing some sort of further investigation. Uh, first investigation <laughs> Get them in on, on the case. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, for me, this was, uh, I really enjoyed this helicopter explosion. I like the way, you know, it's a great shot. You've got uh, black dynamite kind of in the foreground. The helicopter explodes in the background. It's a nice kind of dirty looking fireball and the sort of the wreckage comes sort of right down towards uh, towards the camera in quite a sort of like nice sort of dramatic way. And you've also got kind of, you know, classic sort of staple of any sort of action movie, kind of your hero being sort of illuminated by the explosion. <laughs> Screaming, cream corn! No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing that makes me laugh about that scene, well... Everything makes me laugh about that scene, but uh, one, he just lifts. He just leaves cream corn to die. Two, uh, <laughs> if a helicopter, you know, was shot down on the White House lawn, you'd think there'd be a little bit more security <laughs> as he's a, as Black Dynamite casually, casually walks into the White House after this this incident. I think he kills like ten people, and that's it. There's no more people after that. <laughs> Not just casually walk into the White House, casually walks into the White House and gets has time to get changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes to the, the changing room <laughs> to get in his uh, his rhinestone denim, which was which is amazing <laughs> to fight. Maybe they thought Richard Nixon's such a badass. We don't. They don't. He doesn't need us. We're, we're good. <laughs> Nixon's got this. <laughs> but I think we can add Black Dynamite now to kind of like actually what's proven to be quite a sort of lengthy list of films which feature an exploding helicopter in or around the White House, because you've got one in Independence Day, there's White House Down. Oh, yeah, well, I forgot about what, yeah. Olympus Has Fallen, and there's a, a, a from the noughties, there's another kind of Secret Service uh, thriller with uh, with another exploding helicopter in just by the by the White House called Earth Sentinel with uh, Michael Douglas and... Uh, Michael Douglas and Kiefer Sutherland, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, Eva Longoria. God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, so I think I still put Black Dynamite in at least one or two. <laughs> Yeah, I think what would I go for in the subgenre of uh, of exploding helicopters at the White House? I think I'd go Black Dynamite. Actually, I think <laughs> the others are, you know, you've just got. I think with Black Dynamite parachuting out of it, I think that is the, the that's the the coup de gras for me. That's the thing that tips it over the edge. So I'd I'd probably go with that one. Black Dynamite's getting to the heart of the matter. He's getting to the story. That story driven explosion. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, I think that just about wraps things up, DJ. Thanks for coming on the show. 
My pleasure, my pleasure. As always, we'd love it if you checked out the Exploding Helicopter website, or you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr. We're in all those places. We'll be back soon, but until then, keep watching the skies for those exploding helicopters. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com.